0: save room your safe haven for gaming news and discussion my name is kevin and my name is daniel and welcome to 2020 friends dude you're bringing that big gamer energy to 2020 hell yeah be sure to smash that subscribe button break your thumb against your keyboard buddy 2020 is ours motherfucker 2020 is gonna
1: be exciting for us i didn't mean
0: to start this podcast (laughs) yelling it should be exciting these are the 20s dude we finally hit it we somehow survived it i don't know how but we did it the roaring 20s Considering current events, it's more like the screeching twenties, mm. or the "oh my god, what's that in the sky?" and and then there's no there's no more talking mm. after it because you've got incinerated. Yeah, that's the kind of twenties that we've
1: set up already, and it's kind of frightening. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh let's see how it goes well unless nuclear fronts let's talk about what we got going on this year
0: oh we do have a few changes because here the, the listeners there. might not know one we decided it's not called housekeeping at the beginning of the episode it's <laughs> yeah. called plug and play it's the new
1: plug in place isn't
0: that cute yeah i
1: came up with it like an hour ago
0: yeah it was really good yeah. it's really good so we have a few plug and plays here for you my friends if you don't know who we are that's okay. We don't know either. Still working on that. We're actually The Save Room. We're the only gaming podcast that is locked behind a paywall. Hmm. Get your credit cards out. You can find us on soundcloud.com, slash The Save Room Show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and even Stitcher. Even Stitcher still?
1: Even Stitcher. Well, stitch me up, damn.
0: I would prefer not to. That actually <laughs> happened once. We all remember the Zelda glass, <laughs> okay, that was
1: a year ago, like to
0: we, the day. We always remember the Zelda glass. Now, we do have a change mm-hmm. for 2020
1: this year is gonna be about metamorphosis
0: correct mm-hmm. we want to hit it in all cylinders mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we want to give our best before inevitably the sky crashes down yeah. on us thanks to our president so we are splitting our podcast mm. right in half breaking it <laughs> <like a laughs> Just right down the middle right down the middle throwing the <laughs> other half into the sea
1: <laughs> and part of this is is largely due to the fact of well, we often sit down with the thought process of, we're going to do it in an hour, or in an hour and a half, or under two hours. But you know what? We're self-indulgent fucks, and we can never do that. Um, I think sitting down with the last one, which was our three-hour Game of the Year episode, um, we just don't want to do that anymore. And uh, it's mm. it's a lot on me in terms of editing and my schedule. And I, I think in terms of getting a good release schedule and flow out, you came up with this idea of, hey, let's just divide the content, more digestible, we can get out maybe two a week if we're... You know, trying to set it up for that week like that, and I, yeah, I think it'll be more manageable for us.
0: <sighs> I really don't like that origin story. It's kind of mm. kind of lame. Okay, I got a better one for you. Yeah, Meundy's called me up. Meundy said, "Hey guys, <laughs> we really like your content, and yeah. I would love, love to pull the trigger on giving you this sponsorship. But the problem is your episodes are too fucking long. <laughs> like, who's gonna sit through two and a half hours of two idiots mm-hmm. gabbing about uh?" kirby and vor like we don't want that mm-hmm. here's an idea that's the old us divide your content and that means we'll have more shows mm. to advertise on mm. and you guys have the big green bucks just pouring all over you we have all the underwear indeed mm. that me and money is whew, whew, so soft it's fresh this is The Save Room proper. Mm-hmm. Everything you expect, number of episodes. We're going to talk about news, and that is going to be the key focus of this. And there may be a topic that revolves around current events, but it's always going to be the focus is news. And then number two is a brand new show called The Save Room Plays. The Save Room Plays is going to be our kind of housing ground for a little more freeform conversation, but it's dedicated exactly to the games that we're playing. So impressions, even reviews, and gaming-based topics. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first episode of Save Room Plays is going to be about... Games of the decade, the last decade, it's gonna fact. be pretty exciting. So we think that's pretty cool, and I mm-hmm. think we're we're gonna try to work on that workflow mm-hmm. that's gonna allow us to actually nail those on somewhat of a schedule because mm-hmm. that's always been something that we haven't quite done. We're gonna still figure that out, see how it goes. Yeah. But they might they're gonna be a part, but it's gonna like it's gonna be like having two episodes yeah. a week.
1: Yeah. It's new. Some of you guys are complaining that like there's too much episode. Some of you guys want the smaller well, stuff. Well, it's called feedback. They're no. not complainers. They're...
0: they're not like these Dexit bitches. Okay? <laughs> Our community rocks solid. Oh, they all have rock-hard sure. abs, and they're all intelligent as fuck. We have the smartest fans on the internet. Okay. Okay? I've heard that before. You have heard that. This one's <laughs> actually true. So <laughs> so we think it's going to yeah. be a cool shakeup.
1: That's I, it. I'm all for giving you guys more bite-sized and digestible stuff, and you're still going to get the same volume of us. It's just going to be more quantity you know
0: <laughs> which some would say is almost too much yeah. to begin with uh, exactly <laughs> that's why we want you to just eat that in chunks mm-hmm. okay eat that in chunks so yeah it's going to feel a little different but yeah this is going to be uh the news episode
1: i like it it's that's, that's always what i felt was kind of fundamental about yeah. our numbered episodes like if ever we want to do something fun i was like we'll do it as a review or we'll do it wherever else but like the tenant we intro mm-hmm. the show this is a save room You know, for gaming news and discussion, that's always kind of been like the tentpole for it. So Mm -hmm. I I like the idea of going forward with just that, and then plays. Like you said, it's going to be this crazy fucking playground.
0: It's going to be a playground. We're going to have a lot of ideas, and um, the big expansion that I really want is to have some guests come in and talk about games Mm -hmm. that they're playing and games that we don't necessarily like. You know, uh, jump into right. Mm -hmm. So that'll be super cool. Mm -hmm. Going to spread the love. The save room love. The Mm -hmm. save room will become not just a platform, Mm -hmm. but a dynasty. Oh wow. Um <laughs> yeah, that was remembered last... in the
1: annals of history. Right. The I... Ming Dynasty and in... Exactly. Dynasty Warriors. Right
0: up there, right? You know, like we're going to have people like armies of our own mm-hmm. and they're going to sick our enemies. Basically, they're, they're, they're going to get them and they're going to carve them up for us. And uh, I think that's a good thing. That's positive. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think you have a little bit more plug and play from him, my friend.
1: I do. Um, so, hey, you know where to find us on the audio fronts, but also you could still find us on Twitch. Um, you can find Kevin over at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Wait. Oh, my God. Hmm.
0: I think I have an announcement. Do you? There is a brand new show on my channel. Oh, wow. Um, some would call it, and lots have, the most educational show on Twitch.
1: It's just you. You're the only one calling it that
0: it's called the kevin show and it's all about well i don't know actually <laughs> yeah
1: it's kind of free form it's, it's in very
0: free form and basically the um it's an educational show in that you ask a question we'll find it out mm-hmm. on stream it's a just chatting show it happens every wednesday at mm-hmm. 8 p.m pst and the first one we did was like the most fun that i've had streaming
1: yeah you came off of that with like a really cool high like a very cool creative high yeah um i'm i'm probably gonna have to do this every wednesday because i usually get off work when you're streaming i burst through the door like Kramer would in Seinfeld and I kind of just hung out for like half of it and then I left and you did your no, own He thing. did
0: an unboxing I basically, did. Yeah, which yeah. was crazy. Like it's going to be anything that we want. Any questions we have I went on Reddit, mm-hmm. read some spooky stories. Mm-hmm. I taught the chat how to set up 3D porn on their PSVR units.
1: We watched a fan-made jurassic park film of the lost world uh-huh. using toys
0: whereas recreated with toys using the actual wild. audio It was yeah. the best thing i've ever seen it's a great show it's a very educational show mm-hmm. and i'm getting rave reviews from twitch mm-hmm. john twitch called me up and he was like i don't know where the fuck you came up with this <laughs> but keep doing this we're looking at the counter and millions dude millions and i'm like millions what And he's like i can't define it yeah and he hung up on me <laughs>
1: I'm not sure who that was. There, do, there isn't a John Twitch. You'll get a cease and desist eventually. Probably.
0: Probably. <laughs> yeah. And we end every episode by reading a chapter mm. of a Resident Evil novelization. It's, it's beautiful.
1: It's beautiful. I didn't get to hang out that long, but uh, I, I like your reading voice. You have a very, uh, like, so, what's the word I want to use? Soporific? Sleep-inducing, maybe? Soporific? Yeah, I'm throwing out those, like, wow. English lit terms right there. Give a, a very good reading voice, so.
0: Do I have a uh, pleasing baritone? Sure. I've been working for that one. i okay. pleasing bear. I'll
1: go with that too. <laughs> uh, nobody's so, called anything I've done pleasing in my life. Oh my I'm God. waiting for it. So yeah, check him out on Wednesdays doing the Kevin show. He's still doing the regular streaming thing, but we're not going to talk about that here because that's for a different show now.
0: For the safe room,
1: place. Um, you could also find me over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels doing what, you ask? I don't know, just keeping up bandwidth these days. Like I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just keeping up or draining bandwidth. <laughs> just draining bandwidth. Like they're just yeah. hosting my old archives from when I was a Twitch streamer.
0: Yeah, there might be some changes in that friend too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're talking about having our own channel, but those are mm-hmm. BTS discussions, yeah. my friend. Let's we've done too much of that this episode already because this is the save room and we got to focus on the news yeah
1: sir so let's get it warmed up bro all right i got got a a warm-up some some quick hit warm-ups here yeah
0: get me on though so we how many items we got 10 items strap the fuck in kids
1: yeah that's a lot it's
0: enough and and we promise we're gonna get through faster than we usually do we
1: promise you me (laughs) undies number one on the quick hits here toss a coin at these stats witcher 3 wild hunt concurrent player base at an all-time high on steam God damn! How's <laughs> Epic game story <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Um, this one comes from Alyssa McAllen from Gamasutra.
0: Really, McAllen or McLoon? Uh, McLoon. McLoon. Kind of looks like Saloon.
1: McLoon. Anyway, while The Witcher Three initially launched on PC and consoles in 2015, the acclaimed RPG—or sorry, the acclaimed action RPG—starring Geralt. 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 Geralt of Rivia. Every time. Has had a new resurgence thanks to the new... You know how they say it in the show. I've only watched one episode. And you keep on falling asleep during it. I know. Thanks to the new Netflix series and Henry Cavill's dreamy cat-eyed gaze. The game is breaking records on Steam as it is now seeing an all-time high of concurrent players. As of January 2nd, the player base had reached 101,333 players topping its previous top concurrency of 92,268 players around its 2015 launch. While CD Projekt Red is gearing up for its April Cyberpunk 2077 launch, this must be particularly exciting as Witcher 3 is a cultural icon in Sweden where the studio is based. The Witcher 3 premiered, I'm sorry, The Witcher rather, premiered on Netflix in late December and a second season is already in the works.
0: That's true. I nice. watched that Instagram video of yeah. Henry Cavill just walking going, Ah, uh, it seems like you guys uh, like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on making videos of my morning cardio because <laughs> uh, a very specific segment of you guys like this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think everybody cool. likes it. Everyone loves yeah. watching that man do whatever.
1: So this is kind of cool. I don't know yeah. if um The Witcher is now like filling this void for people that maybe Game of Thrones left. People, you know, kind of just want that medieval fantasy, you know, hook. Maybe this is giving it to him?
0: Yeah, there, there's definitely a void left from Game of Thrones earlier this year. That, this year? No, 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 no. no. Forgive 2019. me. 2019 can't hurt us anymore, kids. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, um, I forgot that Game of Thrones ended in 2019, because mm-hmm. it ended with kind of a wet fart, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. I didn't hate the ending. I didn't yeah. love the ending.
1: That's the, it. the chair was a metaphor. The chair wasn't... Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that surprises me.
0: <laughs> um, but the Witcher series is really good, mm. and I'm super... This is such an interesting thing because it opened up a discussion of, like, hey, are we going to see other publishers do this cross-media thing? Mm-hmm. Or at least try to bank on that because, like, the the Witcher series is not based on the game, but it mm-hmm. does pull some inspiration from it, but it's more based on the original novels. Yeah. Um, but are we going to see something like, I don't know, uh, Resident Evil apparently mm-hmm. said that they wanted to do a... Or Capcom said they were doing a Netflix show mm-hmm. at some point, and we haven't any word. But maybe like they're more encouraged to be like, "Hey, get that shit out the door," because all it's going to do is bolster our numbers for the games and give us the right kind of mind share. Mm-hmm. So like, what, like, do you think that's going to keep on happening going forward?
1: Um, it's interesting because we've already kind of had some like Netflix video game TV series. Like, you know, Castlevania that animated series was pretty awesome. Sublime. But I don't know that it necessarily drove Castlevania sales. Yeah, or maybe Konami wasn't as like you know apt to like post anything about that because like they don't give a shit about their video game. Maybe maybe anymore. not.
0: I mean like you Konami know? wasn't doing anything with that franchise, mm-hmm. and then suddenly we saw like Symphony of the Night remastered, yeah. and and then the, there we was like, various a various collection. Like, yeah. And otherwise, it seemed like they had no interest doing anything mm-hmm. like that for a while. So maybe maybe there's some sort of uh, you know one hand is lifting the other situation. it also
1: depends on like the quality like i've only watched maybe one and a half episodes of the witcher on netflix but it seems like it's a very high quality show in everything it does like the writing is pretty good the visuals are awesome the monsters don't look like these wonky ass cg things out of an early george lucas movie like Mm-mm. they look really well done and and
0: there's nudity every episode yeah,
1: which I, they got away with so much of that
0: a lot of oh it my God. a crazy amount of it <clears throat> i i've watched the whole series mm-hmm. it's great yeah i like it a lot no, it's not like the Game of Thrones replacer, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily trying to be. It's trying mm-hmm. to tell like its own story, yeah. which is really cool. And I think Henry Cavill like at first I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's like this weird mix of like is is he trying to mimic like the game or do his own thing? It's like a
1: weird like distance stoicism and i don't know like because what he's a witcher right yeah and it's kind of like a breed of something uh, is he a warlock? kind of a mutant Is a mutant okay like, yeah that's what they kind of like yeah yeah towards. they start
0: as a normal person and then they mutate the fuck out of them they go like hey little boy and then they shove him full of like chemicals yeah. and then they apparently can see at night that okay. kind of thing but he grew on me his performance grew mm-hmm. on me especially his back and forth with yennefer is like probably the highlighted series mm. in fact i will go off and say Yennefer is the highlight of that series. Really? For
1: sure. Interesting. She
0: has the most interesting arc in season one, so stick around for her.
1: Yeah, I I like the characters they introduced in the first episode a lot. I liked um, Renfri. I thought she was pretty awesome. I, I really actually like the way they elevate not only their male characters, but their female characters. Yeah. They place a lot of good attention to everybody, and I feel like it's just like... The The cast is so well rounded in that approach, and it's awesome. You get a very, very high quality piece of work with that, yes, yeah, um,
0: so people are writing that high, and then just like, "Hey, I hear there's a fucking game, yeah. or or they for me, I think. I think a lot of people had exactly what I felt, which is, damn, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. Let me go dig up The Witcher Three.
1: I feel like it's a mix of that too, where it's like a lot of people are returning to it who maybe had not beaten it, and then I know a lot of people are just picking it up for the first time because like um, one of my old uh, managers, her her husband ended up getting into it, and, and he's like, oh, I bought this game. Don't worry, like it, it was only like twelve bucks or whatever. But like she's like, What'd you get? And he's like, Oh, The Witcher. And she's like, Oh, okay, that's, that's cool, because like they just watched it together. So like I do think it's neat the way it's onboarding people because it's a really really special action RPG, and someone argue it's better than a lot that came out in the last like 10 years
0: yeah mm-hmm. i would say it's better than a certain skyrim mm-hmm. if you catch my drift elder scrolls todd what, howard Bethesda. which is
1: interesting because from what i've heard witcher 3 wild hunt is Kind of far removed from the first two games in its approach and mm-hmm. style with the world and everything. So that's what I heard too. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've never, I've never went back to one and two because mm-hmm. like I think part one's not even on any consoles. Like it's only in PC. Yeah, and then part two eventually like came. three sixty. Yeah. yeah. No, part three was like my first thing, and I, I honestly, if if you are curious, mm-hmm. you could jump into part three and still enjoy the world of the, the Witcher without like needing to know the full context, mm. but there's still like bits and pieces where you're like, okay, I can understand why Yennefer is important to him. Yeah. That
1: kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, Und- undoubtedly cool. we're going to see more of that. And that that's awesome. Yeah. I like to see Netflix support these sorts of things. Uh, next thing on here though, we got IGN hates decimals changes. Their review score rubric. This comes from Dan What's Stapleton. A rubric? Um, it's like a grading system. You ever, do you ever go to school, Kevin? Um, I slept a lot oh, okay. <laughs> during school,
0: like the first four or five periods I'd okay. be just conked out. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure
1: you got high marks in sleeping, but zeroes everywhere else. I went to stagecraft. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I built stuff with my hands. And then you became a performer. You performed on the stages you built.
0: And I took my shirt off in front of high schoolers. Oh. Could you edit that out for me, Daniel?
1: Thank you. We'll see who does it. As of January 2nd, 2020, IGN has decided to abandon... <laughs> fucking <A. laughs> Got him. As of, as of January 2nd, 2020, IGN has decided to abandon... <laughs>
0: got his ass Alright.
1: end scene as of january 2nd 2020 ign has decided to abandon its 100 point scale for reviews and has gone back to its previous 10 point scale of 1 to 10 for video game tv comic and movie reviews that's right gamers we're throwing out those decimals why the change up easy simplicity what's up you scared yeah why do you i don't understand there's comfort in a decimal
0: does that mean that mario kart double dash does does it mean it gets an eight or a seven you'll never know it got it didn't get like a 7.5
1: maybe a 7.75 where does it sit where does it sit you'll never know okay you want to know why what? Quote IGN has used a hundred point scale for the vast majority of our twenty-three history, and in most cases it has served us well. A lot of people love the pinpoint accuracy of that system for the way it allows you to declare one thing slightly better or worse than another. Under the right circumstances, this allows you to create an ordered list of reviews that accurately reflects the very specific sequence in which they're recommended, which is useful for it at glance comparisons. As a reviewer, it's nice to be able to recognize improvement or decline in a series, however minor, with a Slightly higher or lower score. So, why the change? In the experience of the current IGN reviews team over the past several years, the reality is that these direct comparisons between extremely diverse reviews often end up inadvertently miscommunicating our intent and practice. That's especially true in the context of a large outlook like IGN, where many different critics with different specialities work together to cover a broad spectrum of the entertainment world. Art criticism, whether you're talking about games or movies or TV shows or comic books, isn't a science. Um, And then this last one here, uh, maybe I'll just pick and choose because it's kind of a lengthy quote. Mm. Um, The fact is, while we have tried, you cannot objectively measure how good or fun a game or movie or TV show or comic book is in the same way you can quantify things like temperature or mass or speed. All these mediums are art forms, and the goal of art is to inspire an emotional reaction in its audience. Therefore, what we're doing in reviews is talking about how a given work affects us emotionally when we watch or read or play it. And the review is the inherently subjective perspective in an individual critic. When we then summarize that review into a score, we're not doing any kind of calculation. There's no default score that's added to or subtracted from to arrive at the final number. That's because scores aren't math their code, with each number corresponding to a description on our scale. But especially because that description only exists on IGN.com and our scores are frequently shared around the internet without that context, the 100-point scale can sometimes give people the wrong idea about what we're doing. End quote.
0: Okay, well...
1: Lots to chew on there.
0: It's interesting that they're experimenting with Mm -hmm. the system. To be honest, I don't... I don't live and die by...
1: The review Review scores, yeah. Like I never. You actually don't give a shit about them.
0: Not really. You could throw them out, Mm -hmm. and I would still like. Hey, let me read this review, Mm -hmm. and from the words that are chosen by the reviewer, Mm -hmm. I have enough to get a sense of whether or not I would dig it or not. Yeah. Because I think I think we we've always had this conversation, which is like, how do you compare two tens? Right. Mm -hmm. They both achieve the same optimal. Uh, gameplay experience mm-hmm. and it's like well Metal Gear Solid 5 does something very different than like you know Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 or, or that Overwatch kind of thing. or whatever so I, yeah. I don't put as much truck into him but like he's right I do like the it's kind of like an at a glance metric mm-hmm. to give you a notion and maybe people appreciated the precision of the decimal system for me I don't care yeah. T- 10 scale versus 100 scale it just actually leaves more questions in my head what's a 7.75 well it's almost an 8 mm-hmm. but I don't know. But not I was, quite. I, I was tired. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what that. Yeah, it's means, like in right? school
1: when you get like C pluses or C minus. It's like okay, I got a C, but like why? What the
0: fuck, teach? You didn't use proper yeah. punctuation. You
1: fell asleep. God damn it! That's why.
0: It's the heart of the article. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. What's your What's your take on this?
1: Um. Well. Okay, I, I'm right there with you where it's like you can't compare one 10 to another. I think their, their 10 is defined as a masterpiece, right? Sure. I look at a game like um, The Last of Us, right, which I consider a fucking masterpiece. But that doesn't mean that game is not without its faults. I don't think that's perfect 10s across the board. Maybe there's a 9 in there, maybe there's an 8.5. But all around, it comes together to make this game that you consider a 10, obviously. But y- you can't compare like that game with maybe like five years later, you're like, oh, you know, God of War, or a game like... Something else is like, that's a 10, but they're very different in their own respects because they do different things. If you're not comparing them against other things, you can come to that conclusion of, okay, well, I checked off all these boxes. This game is a 10 based off of this rubric.
0: 10 by itself in a silo may not mean as much versus, like, you know, in comparison to, like, what are you talking about? You
1: get these weird arguments, too, where, like, somebody will call somebody's review in a question from, like, 2011 where it's like, oh, you... Like, take Greg Miller or somebody like that, for instance, where it's like, oh, you gave Dead Space 2, like, a 7, but then you gave this other game an 8 or 9, but you clearly like this other game more. It's like, why why did you do it then? Why are you doing it now? And it's like, sometimes you can't really talk to that, because it's like, you give a review Mm -hmm. in the moment, and then you kind of walk away from it. The reviewers at IGN probably do so many reviews in a given week that they're just like, they probably came to that conclusion, and they weren't comparing anything else off of it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's just like, that's what they gave it. And that's for,
0: it. for me, a review score is is a reviewer taking a game and saying, how do I put a measurement, which is already mm-hmm. a fruitless endeavor, yeah. how do I put a measurement to basically a summation of my subjective feelings of a game? Mm-hmm. And the audience, and IGN's audience specifically... Yeah takes that to mean that like no there are scientific ways to hit that eight Mm -hmm. nine ten and this one does or doesn't you have to like like Mm -hmm. not everyone's going to review in the same way in the same way that that, like hey dude you know how we said 10 is a masterpiece Mm -hmm. somebody could pick up something that like um name a video game (laughs) tetris thank you tetris that's a masterpiece to me and somebody else be like how is this a masterpiece compared to like a red dead or something like that and it's like, ah, uh, it's different. Yeah. And then suddenly the review system falls apart.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're reviewing those games in a time and place where it's like maybe in the 80s, like that was the thing. Like Tetris was a masterpiece and it stood the test of time for those very reasons. I agree, it is a masterpiece. That's why it ends up all the, on all these like games of the forever list, you know, like games of all time. Me personally... I like review scores because maybe I'm like the lowest common denominator person where it's like, I like to see a numerical value on something. I don't think that that's like, no,
0: I don't, I don't think it's like a surfacey thing to want a review score. But
1: here's the thing. Like I don't look at a number review score and then walk away from it. I want to read the words that got them to that point too, where it's like, I will, I'll look at reviews that other sites do. Like, um, I think alt press actually walked away from their numbering system, which I thought was actually really bold. I respect it. And I, it doesn't make me any less interested to, read a review i think it's just sometimes at a glance like people that i trust like i'm just like oh i want to know what your you know high level thoughts were and what number you gave it because that might inform you know whether i buy it off the bat but also like the nature of games has changed too where it's like i don't buy a game based off of a review now it's Mm -hmm. like we're in this very interesting like influencer age of like games media types and like you know kind of funny is a good example where like sometimes their conversations will make or break whether I buy a game like day one or wait on it. You know, it's like, I think the idea of reviewing and impressions has evolved way past the written media. -hmm. Um, But I think for people who do subscribe to it, still like I don't know, it might be their thing, it might not be. I think for them, like they just figured, hey, we're splitting hairs; it doesn't make a fucking difference.
0: I agree, I agree. They're like, we're just splitting hairs at this point. We don't need this fucking Dewey decimal system (laughs) to figure out really arbitrary video games, you know. And like for me, I do the same thing where it's like if I look at a review score and oh, it's a seven. My next question is why? And mm-hmm. then I'll read the rest of the article and be yeah. like, oh, okay, this is how he arrived to his subject or his or her subjective mm-hmm. opinion yeah. about a game. And like you're saying, like you're listening to an influencer, sometimes you listen for those hooks, because mm. I know what I like. Yeah. And it may be something where a mechanic is like they're like, Yeah, this game really focuses on this mechanic, but the is kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. falters here. I would still be like, Ooh, that mechanic sounds really interesting to me, despite the fact that mm-hmm. sevens across the board. Yeah. I'm still going to dive in and probably enjoy that game.
1: I'm, I'm right there with that, too, because like sometimes a reviewer might review a game, right? And that's one person's opinion. And it might not have resonated with them, so they will review it lower for whatever reason, yeah. right? But then you get to, like, Kind of Funny or whoever else, um, Funhouse, and, like, you listen to their collective conversation, and you get a more well-rounded approach about, like, what that game is about. So, like, I don't know. It just it just depends on where you're getting your impressions from these days, honestly. Yeah, real
0: real quick recommendation for you kids out there that are maybe, you know, getting... I don't know why kids would listen to our podcast, but find who you like, Mm -hmm. like if it's an influencer, if it's funhouse, kind of funny, a small guy like the hip hop gamer or something, (laughs) you know, uh, or find a reviewer that you enjoy reading that, you know, like, hey, my opinion aligns with this and then kind of pay attention to what they're doing. I wouldn't put as much um, weight into the score by itself. Yeah. To kind of dictate whether or not you like a game. Like, a lot of people were very mixed in *Deaf Stranding, and it ended up being one of my favorite games of 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. That was, and like, one of the most divisive games of last year. For sure. For a lot of people, they were like, this
0: is the worst shit that ever came out in the world. And, yeah. like, that's... I, Those kinds of games always intrigue me, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just kind of search around
1: i wonder though if they'll like fall back on it in a few years i'm like okay we're going back to like the 20 point system now we got our 9.5s are back or what? they're gonna
0: turn into emojis dude yeah. it's just gonna be like this is a dog shit emoji <laughs>
1: <laughs> like sh- like a poop emoji or a fire emoji that's it it's
0: either fire or shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome um last one on here before we get into that big gamer news that you guys signed up for um your free ps plus games for january we got goat simulator fuck yeah who doesn't love simulating some goats that would be fun to stream actually yeah. yeah i've never played any of those simulator games but i hear that one's kind of it's a, like a super physics space yeah, game exactly right? yeah where you, you, you throw a goat around, around, a around a farm or something
0: exactly well you cause how much chaos can you cause as a goat mm. using the world's funky ass physics it's kind of like that game um the octopus dad what is, oh, yeah. what is Octo- it
1: octodad octodad yeah. sorry <laughs> i'm getting old yeah that's okay your, <laughs> Turn... brain, your brain doesn't work the way you used to my brain's soft it's like just cause 4 like just cause 4 is like a very like physics based game right
0: yeah yeah but it's but, a goat but this one's insane goat simulator is more about i'm gonna wrap my tongue around a car and, and
1: catapult myself into space exactly <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild exactly um and then the other one on here is uncharted the nathan drake collection so if you haven't picked up that yet i've never bought it oh really
0: the, the remaster one? No, never hmm. never played it. Another oh, box. I guess
1: because you had it all for the PS3.
0: Yeah, I did. I had the whole collection and I was just like, eh, hey, I don't really need it, but for free, I'll check yeah. it out.
1: To be fair, I guess I didn't buy it either. It just kind of came with my PS4. You got it for free, huh? I got it for free.
0: Big dog Sony, Herman look mm-hmm. L- looking
1: out looking out for you. No, this was back in the, um... who was it? What Retroactively,
0: was... he was looking out for you.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 Sir, mm-hmm.
0: we got some more news for you. Oh. This one is a fun one. Yeah. I like this. Number four. Number four on here. Death Stranding pulled Low
1: Roar out of the gutter,
0: and they didn't even know their music was for the game.
1: Whoa, Sony's out here doing A&R. <laughs>
0: Exa- When's A&R?
1: Um, oh, Artists and Repertoire. It's like when labels like recruit for like talent for labels, basically. Oh, okay. Basically.
0: Yeah. yeah, I didn't know there was like a term for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you've played the greatest delivery sim of all time, Death Stranding, for even an hour, chances are you heard the music of Low Roar. But before the Icelandic post-rock band had their music featured in the game... They were in a bad place. In an email communication with Kirk McKean to vg Twenty Four Seven, lead singer Ryan, um, forgive me for this one, Karazija admitted the band was, quote, in a gutter, end quote, before Sony called. In fact, their self-titled album was recorded on a laptop in Karazija's kitchen because he had just moved to Reykjavik and didn't have much of a budget. Oh, that's great. That's interesting to know. Yeah. When Sony contacted the lowly low roar to use their song, I'll Keep Coming, Ryan says, quote, they are not willing to tell us what they are going to use the song for, end quote. Afterward, more music was added to the soundtrack, and the impact on the group has been huge. VG247 notes that the band hasn't even been able to play the game because they've been touring so much due to the influx of new fans. Wow holy shit kind of awesome that is really awesome uh karazija also confirmed that they have met hideo kojima have had dinner twice and that quote he's a lovely man was he there in person or a hologram was he a hologram (laughs) (laughs) like it's just they put they set a plate in front of him but he just like like mimics eating from it yeah (laughs) Uh, this is pretty cool because I yeah. think one of the standout parts of the game is the music of low roar. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this band. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first songs that plays when like you're walking along and you're like, I guess I got to start my journey. Oh, is this that the opening, opening goes- song? Yeah. It's the opening song. That's awesome. It's really cool. I, and I've been playing their shit on heavy rotation mm-hmm. right now. The funny thing is I always thought like low roar was like a thing and I just didn't know about mm-hmm. that because there's so much music out there, but to find out that, oh no, mm-hmm. they, pretty much weren't, they were very much indie. Before this game made them jettison into the the yeah, mainstream, wild, right? Actually. That's kind of crazy. Where it's
1: like you get bigger acts like um like churches. Like when they did um uh, Mirrors Edge Catalyst, they did a song for them. They were already a big act. Like that that game. They did... always
0: mentioned well, this fucking I... <laughs> Mirrors Edge Catalyst song, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even think of it. Yeah, because like when you mentioned Mirrors Edge, I'm just like, now nah, I'm gone. No, yeah,
1: exactly. Good. I'm good. That game like sold piss poor. But like, okay, they were a big act before then, obviously. Mm. And I was on the impression too that like Low War was big. Um, yeah. We have a friend who actually is super into them because they're from California. California, and he kind of likened them. One to of like... them is from
0: California.
1: Oh, that's so. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. they were all from California. Yeah, no, no, no,
0: Ryan is, and then he fucking moved. Uh-huh. He moved all the way
1: to Reyk- Reykjavik, to Iceland. Fucking out with uh, Sigur ross and then he was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm broke," and yeah. it was like, "Well, you moved to Iceland, yeah." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that that friend of ours is like, well, yeah, I fucking love them. They're kind of like this Bon Iver type band. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of them. That was until... Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Justin <laughs> Vernon. Whatever. That's his, his real name. Justin
0: fucking Vernon. <laughs> making beautiful music out of yeah. his beautiful mouth.
1: But this is like really, really cool, actually. I like yeah. to see them getting like... Um, like new attention and acclaim for like their music. Cause their music is really, really good. And it did such a great job at like setting the atmosphere and tone for the game and making it feel lonelier or more cinematic or yeah, anything. Yeah. It
0: really sets the tone for like what they're trying to do. Very mm. just, yeah. Isolation, but also there's almost like this kind of creeping hope to everything mm. you're doing. I love that soundtrack. I really do. It's amazing that they use so much music from low roar rather than just being like, Oh, here's a one song yeah. and moving on.
1: Well, no, when you initially told me about yeah. it too, I was just like, Oh, um, Yeah, they probably asked for one song, and you're like, no, they asked for one, and then they asked for more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, you know, 2020, going into 2020, I like sharing more positive stories Mm -hmm. like this. Like, it's it's cool, right? It's kind of a heartwarming story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what's the next thing on here? Oh.
1: Oh, is it something bad?
0: Escape from Tarkov developer won't add playable women to their game because it's just too hard. Jesus fuck. Who's. Wait, wait to fucking crash the party, okay? We were doing good. Low Roar's out here making laptop mm-hmm. music. What the f. Fu- yeah. Anyway. Who's,
1: what is Escape from Tarkov?
0: Actually I I knew you would have that question so it's it's written in here I okay. will tell you what it is. Sure. All right, let's dive into this. Despite being an open beta that released 2 years ago, Battle State Games Escape from Tarkov recently became the third most watched category on Twitch. Hmm. Last I checked there was actually 106,000 viewers enjoying the online survival game that Heather Alexandria describes as a combination of Arma and Borderlands. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, that sounds like a neat combo. The game is apparently incapable of combining two X Chromosomes for players <laughs> Battle State wrote the following on Twitter quote: "There will be no playable female characters because of game lore, and more importantly, the huge amount of work needed with animations, gear fitting, etc end quote. I regret to inform you that the developer's tweet has been
1: ratioed. Oh um, sure. Super, super hardcore there. Uh,
0: yeah. We've heard this one before. We'll get into that in a second. But the developer did note, however, women appear in the game as non-player characters, like the trader. Mm-hmm. And, as in they trade things, not not they trade on you. Mm-hmm. And future quests will include women as main characters. Battlestate felt the need to make this comment due to a WCCFTech.com interview from 2016. You know... WCCF Tech. Yeah. It's on your front page every day, right?
1: I subscribe to them on my iPhone.
0: Absolutely. I yeah. love those guys. Anyway, a developer on the title said they considered adding playable women, but decided against it because, get ready for this one, quote, we came to the conclusion that women are not allowed to be in the war, end quote. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Why? Well, quote, women can't handle that amount of stress, end quote. Wait, what the fuck? What? Quote, there's only place for hardened men, in this place. It reminds
1: me of like the End Battlefield quote. 5 conversation with Go- a woman on the cover. Yeah, like, w- w- this is only a place for men, sweetheart. <laughs> what the fuck,
0: fuck up. is yeah. this? Th- this sounds like the same shit, and everyone has been bringing it up. Sounds like the shit from back in 2014 when mm-hmm. you- Ubisoft was like, oh, sorry, we don't do a uh, main playable female assassin. Mm-hmm. It-, it would be like twice the amount of animations, you know, one for each boob. Yeah. So it's way too hard. It's way too hard. Yeah,
1: they need more polygons for the gentleman's bu- bulge in a man's crotch. <laughs> right yeah
0: grizzled beards beard physics with fucking glistening mm. rainwater in it and then it's just like what about a woman oh, oh too hard what what a yeah. we don't have a reference in this office <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is this is a bunch of horse shit and i uh, it, it literally is a fucking video game mm-hmm. D- lore reasons uh you're th- that's the most bullshit thing i've heard mm-hmm. lore reasons it is a video game you can add women to it yeah you can It's a fucking fantasy video game Mm -hmm. digital Mm -hmm. bullshit. All right. Mm -hmm. And here, here's the thing that maybe you don't know, Daniel. There have been women in
1: games before. No,
0: impossible. Look again at the cover of Tomb Raider. There's a lady on there. I know it's hard to see past. That
1: was Nathan Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus.
0: It's hard to see past like some of the gray and the Mm -hmm. rain and all that. But that's a chick, dude. That's a lady. Yeah, they put her in the game. How did they do it? I don't know. I don't know. Magic. I, I they must have broke the know. budget. They're like one of the only companies that did it. huh It's crazy. But what the fuck? This is a, yeah.
1: It's, it's fucking horseshit. And you even see companies like Ubisoft. Like, yeah, that was something they did back in 2014. But then 2015, what did they do? They coded two protagonists, one female, one male, and that was an awesome game.
0: Twice the amount of animations. Yeah. Think about the human cost. Right. In order to include they had to women in do so many layoffs for that. You know, I mean? before you start demanding things like women in video games, just really understand that these Tarkov guys—they're sweating over their fucking keyboards, dude. They—they're just like, oh my god, I can't even see through the tears in my eyes. I've been awake for thirty-six hours just trying to code breasts.
1: As as somebody who used to draw, like I was—I was an artist in my elementary school days, right? Mm-hmm. I found it hard to not draw something that I had never seen before, and that's probably what's issue with these battle for tarkov guys they've never seen women before so they oh, don't geez. know how to draw them
0: oh geez
1: going for the low blows there huh if they're gonna put some pompous bullshit you're stuff right out there about how women they're not hardened enough for war what was it world war ii we it's can too much do this? stress for a, fuck a woman get out, of
0: here. Uh, get fuck out of here most of the women oh, i know can God. handle stress better than the men in my
1: life uh yeah indeed indeed just look at the stress of pregnancy or the shit they have to endure from people like us i would say
0: they actually have a higher pain tolerance as well so you're telling me they can't they can't handle war all right cupcake Thanks for that one. <laughs> We're going to move on from that fucking game. Oh my God. And also like, yeah, I don't care. What is this fucking game? What, yeah, what is this? <laughs> what is this game? It's I, it, Borderlands and Arma. Yeah. Okay. I whatever. mean, one
1: of those sounds cool. I guess Arma was neat from I what people have so. said about it. I don't know.
0: I, I I shan't think of it any longer. We got a next thing. On. Yeah. I'm oh. too
1: busy. I, I hear the noise coming from those guys, but I hear a different kind of noise coming from you. Do you hear that? <sighs>
0: Does that mean the next thing?
1: Oh, my God,
0: it does. I'm going to take you far right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's the Capcom Capcast, the only official unofficial Capcom podcast within a podcast that Capcom (laughs) doesn't know about. They're
1: never going to find out.
0: And they never will. Unless MeUndies rats don't fucking rat on us. Don't you fucking rat on us, MeUndies. I really want those undies. (laughs) Number six on here is Capcom details some big changes for Resident Evil 3's remake compared to the original. Mm. Strap in, my friend. Though 2019's remake of Resident Evil 2 followed the blueprint laid out by the 1998 classic, thank you, April's Resident Evil 3 won't stick as closely to its source material. Producer Peter Fabiano outlined these deviations in the latest official PlayStation magazine. For one... Mercenaries mode has been axed and is instead replaced by Resident Evil Resistance, the new asymmetrical online multiplayer game within a game. The choice-based events that let you pick how to escape Nemesis in the original game are also gone, and so are the multiple endings. On the upside, Fabiano (laughs) confirmed Carlos Oliveras would still be playable in the remake and has his, quote, his own interesting section to play through okay. unquote additionally nemesis has been beefed up Ooh. to get him just right a life sized model of the tyrant was created and scanned using photogrammetry oh my god it's actually really cool i want that yeah. model
1: well I, maybe i don't but i, I want to mean to come home it's just going to be like in our living room
0: <laughs> it'll be in my bed <laughs> He's also smarter than his 90s counterpart. Instead of bursting onto the scene during scripted sequences, he has an upgraded version of Mr. X's AI and will relentlessly pursue you whenever he wants. But Jill and Carlos will have some room to strut, as Raccoon City will be much more open this time around. You know, almost reminiscent of a, dare I say it, closed-circuit open world. Fuck
1: yes, that's my kink
0: give me power <laughs> yeah that Ooh, <laughs> that's a kink huh yeah i love it <laughs> even though the game was announced less than a year after resident evil 2 released and is releasing just
1: four months after its announcement some hard math right there ign yeah
0: i i this isn't from ign <laughs> i'm just saying because they oh math. you called me I, yeah i'm just <laughs> calling you, i IGN. was so confused anyway capcom promises there will be no delay stating that it's about 90 percent complete right hmm. now oh, oh that's kind of awesome a little bit of exciting a little bit of bad you know i'm a big fan of mercenaries so i'm a little sad to see uh it's it's not
1: there i mean we haven't seen a proper mercenaries mode since what re6 yeah so like god i loved it i know
0: full disclosure kids i put more than like 250 hours into that mercenaries mode
1: yeah i think when i got into the first version in resident evil 4 uh that that was for me rather the first one that i played yeah yeah um I spent probably more time with that than the actual game, which is kind of crazy, because yeah. I played that game like five times.
0: Quick shout out, by the way, uh, time of recording, January 11th, 15 year anniversary, of Resident Evil 4.
1: Ah, happy birthday.
0: Hail to you, King.
1: Leon!
0: stop <laughs> that's his line <laughs> yeah so what, what how do you i mean you didn't you don't have the legacy with resident evil 3 right like you, you you don't know too much about it maybe i, mean, the I know enough about it
1: at this point yeah, yeah. exactly
0: do you, does this sound interesting or bad like the choice based stuff being gone and no mercenaries
1: i mean they're obviously making concessions i think they're probably gonna They're making a more fleshed out world that they couldn't have done in the first place. So like I think opening up Raccoon City into this closed circuit open world is kind of cool. Gives you reason to kind of go back. Um, The Carlos Oliveira campaign could be interesting because like they did something with like Ada and Sherry and RE2 that was really neat. Like I like those little bite-sized campaign moments.
0: I do want to remind people that that was totally present in the original mm-hmm. Resident Evil Three. Like you play, I just beat that game, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, you play as Carlos Oliveira for a very short time. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they expand that element yeah, a little sure bit more. Were. But yeah, it's it's actually baked into the main narrative rather than being like mm-hmm. uh, an option menu selection.
1: Yeah, so I think that I think that's all really cool. I think if they're making a decision to take something out. They're probably fleshing out something more that they found valuable in that moment and that's totally cool because like they're not trying to do a one for one recreation of re3 they're trying to make it this new modern thing and I think that's really neat like if re2 remake was any indication like you know I trust them to do what they think is best here so yeah for um, sure am I stoked to play project resistance I mean I'm still interested I'm glad I don't have to buy it separately now but I think maybe I would have preferred a mercenaries mode but also like you know whatever. I'll let them do their thing. I trust them, you know?
0: I do. And if you don't like it, it's like, okay, well, at least you have a full-fledged remake of Part 3 to Mm. enjoy. I think that's going to be great. I think it's still going to be good. Mm. And I like the fact that they're deviating because I think there is a lot of room to grow. Whereas, like, I feel RE2... I mean, it's a perfect game in my mind. I I, I think it's such a historic game that you don't want to fuck with it too much. But Mm -hmm. Part 3 is more of like a nostalgia memory than it is like people really like that game. Mm -hmm. Or, Or I mean to say really feel the need that you need to stick as closely to what it did
1: people are not as like beholden to it so i I think they're gonna like maybe piss less people off by doing different things with this zone whereas if they had flipped the script on re2 completely they would have made so many people upset because that's such a legacy Mm -hmm. title
0: yeah exactly but i'm super excited i still can't believe it's fucking like three months away that's insane it's right around the corner they fucking
1: literally just like leak slash announce this and now it's like coming out in like what march april
0: speaking of review scores i think it might review a little bit worse than part Mm. two yeah you keep saying that i keep on saying that i just have a feeling i want to be wrong Mm -hmm. i don't know that it's going to be better than part two i don't especially since like i guess the newness the new reintroduction of re2 that's Mm. going to go away where people are going to play and we're like yeah plays like part two yeah has some cool stuff, and then kind of like move on. Maybe Resistance will be a kind of a surprise. Yeah, I imagine there'll be a lot of uh, influencers screaming at their yeah. webcams uh, playing that fucking. Role. Oh, I'm sure, but which is cool because
1: it'll speak to both camps of like gamers, which is kind of neat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's only two camps of gamers <laughs> in, in the world: those that want to be a female playable character, and those that don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something similar, so I'm glad you nailed it on the yeah, first guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we've talked so much about RE3 yeah. that's but that's really cool.
1: I'm, I'm excited that, to see that. That tyrant shit is really fucking neat. Holy I shit.
0: really like the fact that they're yeah. like, hey, there's something to this. Let's make him scarier. Mm-hmm. Let's make him a real son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted out of this remake most of all. So like, if they if they give me like. Especially a closed circuit open world where I can discover where I want and he shows up mm-hmm. at just impromptu moments going like, ah, you idiot. And like fucking tentacle whipping me.
1: Awesome. I imagine they'll do the same thing with um, him like they did with Mr. X where there's probably like multiple going on the map at the same time.
0: Oh, wait, oh, that was a little trick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you're right. Where he seems like he's everywhere, but there's <laughs> there's two roaming around. Yeah. God, I-, I love that. What an interesting behind the scenes trick. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder what other what other uh, clever flourishes are going to add to
1: this game, if any. We shall see. April Pretty so well. far away.
0: But if I want to know what was coming out to and No, anyway. Uh,
1: that would have been a perfect transition. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck me. You're right. <laughs> Number seven on here. We got some new shit happening this year for you Poco fans. Mm. <laughs> Nintendo has announced two new expansions for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh. Rather than release a pair of follow-up titles as in previous generations, Game Freak has joined the modern era with DLC. Announced during a special Pokemon Direct, which probably happened
1: at fucking the crack of dawn. It did. It was like 6am. Tim Geddes was up for it. Come on, guys. Gamers don't do
0: that. Come on. Anyway. The Galar region is expanding with two packs. Count them, two packs. The Isle of Armor, releasing in June, and the Crown Tundra, slated for fall 2020. They both sound like Witcher 3 expansions. (laughs) They really do, (laughs) The areas will both be bigger than the game's wild area and appear as seamless maps that let players continue on with their own saves there will be two different versions of each, each expansion one tailored for sword and the other shield but poke trainers should be polishing their balls for the 200 additional pokemon being added to the games game freak is also including tons of cosmetics two new legendaries a new co-op mode for crown tundra the Ark of the covenant new characters and pokemon home integration one of those is a lot. <laughs> that was a good roll <laughs> right both expansions will be 29.99 uh... on the dot
1: what you think, buddy? Get your game freak on if you're into it. But, like, for me, it's just like, I don't know. Was this their ploy the entire time? Oh, it brings
0: up some interesting <laughs> questions, right? Is this a reaction or was it always planned? Because here's the argument that these, uh, you know, I got to bring up hashtag De- Dexit again, mm-hmm. right? They're saying, oh, you just withheld these Pokemon so you could sell them later. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to, like, argue against that. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it could have been a thing where it's like, no, we just plan on expanding, like, you know, the universe a bit more. And, of course, we always do new new Pokemon with Mm -hmm. that. They do. This was always the plan. So it's really hard to say, like, what's the right thing? But at the same time, you could bet your ass Game Freak was like, hopefully this will assuage these goddamn people.
1: Like, I I, want to. God, you know? We always say. Is there a a God in
0: the Pokemon universe? uh, Yeah. What's his name? Professor Oak? Detective Pikachu brings up so many questions because they say, what the hell? Thus, indicating that the phrase comes from the fact that there is a hell. Is, Is it
1: for Pokemon? Is it for people? Both, probably both. I don't know a world where they coexist and it's run by Magmars,
0: right? Who really knows? Oh, burning people, to, <laughs> burn, searing their flesh with their lava attacks,
1: <laughs> Growlithe attack, and it's just like burning a man into, into nothing. Satan's the ultimate trainer. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, there's something there.
0: Pokemon goes to hell is a great, great game idea.
1: Yeah, Game Patch will save Game pitch, it. Save yeah. it. um But no, I like I. I want to think corporations will do good. Obviously, I want to think that. This Why is would something... you want to think that? Because I, I want to, you know hope that they will do good (laughs) and maybe that this is something that they had planned because like they do it with the pokemon titles right where it's like they had um what was it sapphire and ruby and then they did ruby red and omega sapphire so they do their (laughs) expansions pretty naturally um and they have for like generations so like yeah black
0: black and then black two and then white and white like so
1: they probably would have gotten to this but it does seem like Kind of reactionary and also like, oh well, we got to make money off of it. And yeah, those Pokemon were pretty hard to code, so we could charge you thirty more bucks for it.
0: I I give them more credit. First of all, I have no problems with what they decided to do with the game sure. and say like, hey, this is, it's going to launch with this many Pokemon.
1: Yeah.
0: And actually, a good friend of the show, Trevor, mm-hmm. uh, you can find him at Coconut Arcade. Made a point in my stream today. He was like. You couldn't play as a full deck since Gen fucking three. Oh really? This is nothing new. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm didn't saying? Know that. Yeah, I didn't. Well, there is there is more you know integration where you can like at least port over your trades and da 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 da. But mm. still, you know, it's a good point though, right? It's like yeah. you can't expect the have of everything forever, mm. you know? Because here's the thing about game development: the cost of games have stayed the same for the last two generations, mm. maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. But the cost of game development has gone up. Mm. And so companies need to do these things. They yeah. need to like kind of stretch or even even if they are withholding content, and I am fucking quotationing that the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. If they're withholding content, it's because it's a business move. Because games are not a charity. Mm-hmm. Games are a business. They are a product you buy. You remember how you have to open your wallet in order to get these fun, fun things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the nature of it. Yeah. So, too, it,
1: I guess it depends, too, like, okay, I didn't play Pokemon Sword or Shield. I know you played a little bit of it. I don't know how feature-complete or full these games felt in the first place.
0: It was like a full fucking game to yeah,
1: me. It, it seemed pretty full, right? But if if... It was a point where, like, okay, maybe it seemed like it was missing features. Like, it felt like there were, like, pockets where there should have been game, but they weren't because they were withholding Mm -hmm. for content. Then I'd be like, okay, that's kind of scummy. That's shitty. But I totally agree with you. Like, game development is expensive. They're still fucking making games on cartridges. Cartridges are not cheap. So, like, they have to sustain... Their development and, and publishing cycles for those yeah and so. i think
0: this is actually better for the fans because you don't have to buy a brand new product at 60 bucks mm. you could expand the product that you have for 30 bucks basically or and then you can choose like do i really want to get the full suite and then it's like okay i'll buy mm. both right yeah.
1: and they're going to yeah which is crazy to think about if you end up buying all of it like you're probably playing close to paying close to 200 dollars for all of this content across mm. like sword shield and then both expansions
0: yeah if you're doing that my god yeah but yeah,
1: they, people do it. People are die Pokemon they do. fans. I know they they want to get their decks full. I know they do. They want to get to the fucking final four or whatever that is.
0: But I think it's better that it's DLC than it is like a game that, like, okay, you have to start again and yeah. new character. No, no, you're continuing your save. That seems more seamless yeah. to me. I and new like regions that idea.
1: seem kind of cool too. So. New regions
0: seem cool. Mm-hmm. There's like a new dojo that they're introducing for okay. Isle of Armor, and then there's a more exploratory kind of co-op feel to yeah. uh, Tundra. So even new ideas are coming out with these expansions. Mm-hmm. Sounds like good shit to me. If you have something to complain about, take a step back, Mm. maybe breathe, um, drink a Coca-Cola. Yeah.
1: Hydrate, take a nap.
0: Unless you're going to Regal Cinema, they switch to Pepsi.
1: Oh, it's a travesty. Travesty. Although, I I do like Pepsi a lot.
0: You get Mountain Dew with movies now. Mm -hmm. It's a Pepsi-owned company.
1: I know that. I'm teaching them because <laughs> this is an educational an show. Educational show. Um, I guess another thing that was on this Pokemon Direct that we missed was their remastering or remaking Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. I'm just kind of cool.
0: I don't have history with it, yeah, but it does sound cool. Mm-hmm. I'd be more interested if they remade Pokemon Ranger because it's the closest thing the Dynasty Warriors were ever got mm. in the Pokemon universe. Actually, Nintendo, why don't you just get the Hyrule Warriors team to give me a Pokemon Warriors? Huh? Have been neat. I will give you my money. All right, next thing on here. Actually, we're jumping into kind of a the next three stories lumped together because it's 2020, uh-huh. meaning we're going to hear nothing but new console talk, yeah. new, new spats, rumors. new bullshit. Yeah. People are going to be happy, elated. People are going to be sad. And Jeff Keighley is going to reap all the benefits by having world premieres left and fucking right. Yeah. That's his. That's his only reason for being anymore. He's the one that wins
1: the most out of all of this. Not even the gamers.
0: Keep that in mind. Whoever loses, be it Epic Game Store, <laughs> Steam, Jeff Keighley will always win. Always. I'm just imagining some like a gamer driving home, just like thinking of that has our podcast yeah. on, just hearing those words, <laughs> like and what? just like frowning, and then looking in the rear view and seeing Jeff smile Listen, in the back.
1: You- when you go to pokey hell you'll yeah. see jeff keighley he's, he's down there he's <laughs> satan he's orchestrating the whole fucking thing
0: <laughs> looks like your torment's a world premiere <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow, well, we're talking some consoles now we heard about this one last year but there's some new updates and it almost kind of gives a little more credence to it and i wouldn't put it past them but number eight on here is that the switch pro reports suggests the unannounced console will release this year 2020 hmm. Now, according to this IGN article I read before the show, a Taiwanese website called DigiTimes reported that Nintendo will begin manufacturing a new Switch model in Q1 of this year to hit a mid-2020 release. The existence of a pro model of Nintendo's successful hybrid console was first reported by the Wall Street Journal last August. This pro would succeed the Better Battery Life model and the Switch Lite, both released in 2019. Dr. Sirkin Toto of Canton Games offered his predictions to GameIndustry.biz, stating, quote, There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Nintendo will launch a Switch Pro in 2020. My guess is at $399. More specifically, I predict 4K support, bigger cartridge sizes, and, of course, beefed-up components. I also think the device will launch after the summer holidays to counter the rollout of the PS5 and next-gen Xbox later in the year, Mm. along with a first-party system-seller game. End quote starting to piece together Mm -hmm. could you imagine nintendo saying there's a year where the competition is going to be waving their dicks everywhere Mm -hmm. how do we make their dicks look small which is a corporation's Mm -hmm. first and foremost question every year breath of the wild two switch pro
1: undoubtedly like this it. is this is what I'm reading right here. That's what I'm seeing yeah.
0: right there. Yeah. I think that's make, that makes sense.
1: Like that's a cool tandem launch too cuz like uh, originally the switch launched with Breath of the Wild one to mm-hmm. come out with this fucking higher resolution, higher capability, yeah, fucking do a bigger game, do another Zelda. Like that's that's crazy.
0: Now, the big cartridge thing kind of makes me nervous because mm-hmm. you're almost saying that there wouldn't be any backwards compatibility because it wouldn't even fit your original Switch or a Switch Lite. Yeah. I think that's far less likely for Nintendo to do. Mm-hmm. I think they would be more keen on making sure that when you get into their ecosystem, mm-hmm. everything is like compatible. And and we'll talk about that. Xbox has the same mentality mm-hmm. about their games going forward, too. So that one, a little less, I, I think, a little less... Uh, oh, no, I, didn't,
1: I didn't mean it like that, obviously. I just meant like, bigger games in terms of storage oh i wasn't coming at you yeah. about that no 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 okay
0: no not you baby don't boy. come at me
1: not, not you baby okay, boy good i was coming Appreciate at this you. motherfucker okay cool cool, cool. this
0: motherfucker <laughs> trying to make predictions <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i i so I, I don't see that but i do see 4k support i do mm. see whatever whatever other features they might be able to bundle into it what,
1: where is it going to look like 4k support because even now it doesn't even do like 1080p so like what what
0: i think it hits 1080p right now yeah mm, only it, docked only docked and not docked you hit 920 i'll hit you 920
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll hit you 920 times
0: listen man i'm not digital foundry i'm just a boy that loves video games okay you, you can't you can't come at me with fact checks it, anyway are you gonna get a switch pro
1: um not really yeah no on it like i have my switch right i play it now but i, I don't play it enough to justify it and hold on, you are totally right. The built-in screen does 720. Doc does 1080p. So I stand corrected. My nipples got hard. Only certain games do 1080p. Whenever actually. I'm
0: right, these nipples turn into diamonds. Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get it. And I don't <laughs> think the Switch Pro is going to come out and rival fucking PS5 and Xbox. No. Nope. Like that's
0: no, 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 no. Sure. It's not about that, man. Yeah. It's about mind share. It's a mind share war. It's like, hey, we can't just secede mm-hmm. the conversation yeah. for especially winter holiday 2020
1: like they want people to keep talking about them amongst all these launches and like exactly like it's funny we think nintendo does things in a silo and they're cordoned off on their own corner of the the world but no they're still doing things smartly they know how to corner the market and keep competing
0: exactly they are watching they act like they operate in a bubble Uh but they're watching everybody else and they're wondering to themselves just like any business how do we eat their lunch that is the question on any corporation's mind. How do we eat the competitor's mm-hmm. lunch? I think this is actually a savvy move on their yeah, part. Yeah, sure. Because you have said it before, too, where it's like, there are people out there that will buy every fucking you they know, will. 3DS, DS model, doesn't matter, you know? And, it
1: literally doesn't matter. that's fine. Where well, you're like, oh, are people going to buy this? I'm like, yeah, they're going to fucking buy it. The people who already have a mm-hmm. Switch Lite and have a normal Switch, they're going to buy this because that's you're what Nintendo fans do. They buy everything. They're going to buy every version of fucking Pokemon Sword and Shield because they're enthusiasts. Whoa, 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 whoa Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Sorry. Get a let,
0: let them do as they will.
1: No. I'm not like a, I'm not getting mad at them. I'm not getting mad at the gamers in 2020. Ju- I, uh, it, no. I, I felt emotion yeah. there. I felt emotion. I just, they're enthusiasts, right? And they want to own every piece of hardware because they're passionate No, about I know what this is about. What?
0: Daniel never quite got over Reggie leaving.
1: I never got over it. I get it, dude. Doug Bowser? Who's this man in my house? Dude, he still it's involved like when a, gaming? It's like when you get a stepdad and he tries to call you son, but you're like, who are you? Who are you? Get out! Ugh, I don't want to have dinner with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play baseball with you. I don't like sports. Yeah. I like video games. And then he shows up with a fucking Atari. I'm like, what is this shit? It's 2020. Get out of here, Phil. Get out of here. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, we worked that one out.
1: Yeah, so I do like the idea of like this like ushered new age of like switch pros like better performing games. Cause like, yeah, like at the moment, like graphically switch doesn't really compete with what's on the market. So,
0: well, and it, again, I don't think it needs to. It doesn't. I think this is like I said, just a mind share move. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they ever, I honestly don't think they need to come out with a fucking 4k version of the switch. It's doing game yeah, busters. Yeah. It's been a huge success already for Nintendo, but maybe they, they feel like, you know, in their minds, Hey, Hey, Here's all this new 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 coming out from Sony and Xbox. Mm. We don't have
1: a new ourselves. They literally just launched the Switch Lite. Like come on. Yeah. Like what what is this new Switch every year bullshit?
0: Yeah. Like it's kind of like a phone, huh? It's
1: a 3DS all over again.
0: Maybe. It would have to come out of the gate like for for draw interest for me because like just saying 4K, I'm like okay, whatever, you know. It's like good games are good games. Mm. I don't care if they look like dog shit. Yeah. I've literally been playing PS1 classics on stream recently, mm-hmm. and they're still good and they're still fun. Yeah. What do I always say? A good game will always be good. That's <laughs> what you say. That's it. You have I a tattoo of it across I your chest. Do say it. I do say it. That's my dismount actually yeah. during sex. We don't talk about that on this show. That's a and place bit. Anyway. But, like, if they came out of the door saying, like, there's a legitimate reason to get this, then I wouldn't feel it's as superficial as it kind of sounds. But whatever. Let us move on to what the competitors are doing, Mm. my friend. Uh, Number nine on here. Xbox Series X games will be forwards and backwards compatible, at least for a while. Now, demonstrating the Xbox Play Anywhere strategy, Xbox Series X titles will not be exclusive to the hardware. Hang on. Nay, its games will be compatible with older hardware like the Xbox One. In an interview with MCVUK.com, Xbox Studios head Matt Rootin' Tootin' Booty says for the next year or two, Xbox Series X games will, quote, play up and down that family of devices, end quote. Yeah, right? Now, he explained, quote, We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel like they made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content, end quote. This feels like a bold, if natural, expansion of the Play Anywhere strategy, which previously saw the company releasing their first-party titles on Windows 10. Halo Infinite, for instance, which is planned for release alongside the Series X in the winter, will also function on your Xbox One. That's not to say there isn't a benefit to playing it on newer systems, or the Xbox Series X. Booty told MCV, quote, It's the first time in over 15 years that we'll have a Halo title launching in sync with a new console, and that team is definitely going to be doing things to take advantage of Series X, Mm -hmm. end quote. So, it's not like... Because I think that would be the mind, 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 or sorry, the uh, the mindset, especially for like maybe a Sony fan, mm-hmm. where Sony definitely uses these pillar exclusives to sell hardware and mm-hmm. say this is the only place to get shit like God of War mm-hmm. and Spider Man. But it makes sense because Xbox's game is not about making you just buy their new hardware and mm-hmm. then you know just fucking signing off a checkbox. it's about
1: like accessibility and being able to play an entire catalog of stuff.
0: They want to get you into their ecosystem. Yeah. With Xbox Game Pass and having forwards and backwards compatibility, it's, it's like they're looking at things like uh, subscription models mm-hmm. and ecosystems like that and saying, let's adopt that because everyone else is doing that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in this whole ecosystem of we go to Hulu and Netflix and all this stuff. We have so much choice. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, well, video games look kind of rigid because it's like, this game that I want to play is locked to this box. Mm-hmm. This game I want to play is locked to this launcher. And Xbox is saying, no come into our fold and it's like this commune of video games drizzling down on your face no it's cool yeah it's It's interesting. it's a
1: very new approach and i think they kind of had to double down on that really because like they know they don't have the exclusives like that they can rival against sony these days so it's like okay well we started with the cloud gaming thing play anywhere all these xbox initiatives that like are driving forever in a cool new way let's keep going with it and how do you evolve that you do something like this
0: yeah, I mean, of course, the detractors are going to have the argument going like, "Well, now Xbox really doesn't have any exclusives, right?" But it's still exclusive to the system. They might have something more than yeah. that. Not even if it's on PC, by
1: the way. Oh, uh,
0: true. Yeah, yeah. And with the uh, Xbox, uh, what is it, uh, XCloud? Mm-hmm. You can play on mobile devices mm-hmm. now. Imagine playing Halo fucking Infinite on your phone. So it's mm-hmm. like they—they're they're saying we're not going to tether you to hardware. We want to yeah. tether you to our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, like, when I hear that, it's like, oh. The the console wars that I've survived have have made me think one way and I'm just like, Well this new thing, while it may not make sense on paper at first, mm-hmm. it really sounds cool. Yeah. And I'm like, they might have something more than just console exclusives. If they're getting people into the fold like this mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, for our hardcore gamer, go after the Series X. Go for, like, you know, it's going to be the highest fidelity. It's going to be mm-hmm. the most powerful. It's going to look beastly. Or for someone who's more casual and just like, hey, I only have a little bit of time to de- dedicate to games. Get a lower end system mm-hmm. or use my Xbox One that's fucking gathering dust. Mm-hmm. And I can jump in and play the newest Halo? What the
1: fuck? I mean, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. But I think they just have so many moving parts to make this ecosystem happen that, like, it's just confusing across the board. Like mm, That's a good point. Like, it's this, I don't know. Like, they're their branding is so weird to to somebody coming off the street. What's the difference between an Xbox one and Xbox one S and Xbox one X and Xbox series one X. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, it's so much to keep up with, but if they feel like they actually like strongly can believe and back in this product and what they're doing with the this initiative, like, cool, do it. You know, it's going to serve their fan base. It's not going to serve somebody like me because I don't really care, but I want to see how the competition reacts because that's when you get the most interesting results.
0: Actually, yeah, I totally agree. Especially if it starts working for them. Mm -hmm. Would not be surprised to see PlayStation follow suit, and then 10 years later, Nintendo follow suit. Yeah, it's going
1: to take some time. (laughs) They just have to get their online uh, working in the first place.
0: I like to give people more credit. Mm -hmm. I feel like we always have these arguments about this imaginary consumer that just doesn't, one, give a shit or pay attention, and they walk in, and they're the ones with the dollars, and they're the ones that inform the economy. And it's like, no, actually, savvy consumers do inform it. I think gamers especially, since that's who Xbox is going to appeal to, might pick up on this sure
1: yeah, yes and no as somebody who worked in gaming retail like you did d- never oh. underestimate how dumb people can be
0: it's been a while for yeah. me so do you do you have an example like at the ready at all
1: um, no i mean just the holidays really like people yeah. coming in and not knowing the difference between like an xbox 360 and an xbox one and like thinking like, oh this xbox 360 that's like the newest thing out right or i think the the thing that happened the most is probably with like the um the wii u models like that got really confusing Uh, for people so like yeah yeah, just stuff like that
0: that's fair Mm -hmm. i'll see but speaking of consoles my friend last thing on here number 10 a rumor now again this is just a fun rumor (laughs) we don't know it's fun and when you hear the source you'll be like uh (laughs) maybe not but number 10 a rumor suggests the playstation 5 will have full backwards compatibility
1: slap my ass and call me jim ryan (laughs) <laughs> call me Jim Ryan.
0: <laughs> Give me that Herman Hulse, oh. if you know what I mean. <laughs> Herman, hold the phone. Now, Daniel, mm-hmm. I need you to take every grain of salt in the jar for this one, mm-hmm. but it's, it's on here because it's a fun notion. Mm-hmm. As rumors tend to be, the hip-hop gamer <laughs> said in a video... <laughs> Not, not in writing, not on a, web, on a video, <laughs> that he can confirm. He said he can confirm. Okay, we're not saying we are, all right? That mm, Sony's next console will have an enhanced remastering engine that will let you play games from the PS1 all the way up to the PS4. Oh. Now, that's a step beyond this. This engine will also scale your games to 4K. Well, I know. While hip-hop gamer seems confident in his sources, (laughs) Sony has only confirmed that the PlayStation 5 will work with PS4 games. But on October 2nd, 2018, Sony filed a patent titled Remastering by Emulation. We talked about it on this show, Mm -hmm. which detailed a process where legacy software has individual assets, such as in-game textures, swapped out with remastered assets on the fly in order to meet resolution displays on current TVs. Now, if I were a connect-the-dot sort of man, I would say that thing sounds suspiciously like this other thing, and therefore it's totally fucking legit and it's happening.
1: It's it's got to be. I mean, Hip Hop Gamer is the journalist in the dark that Jason Schreier gets all his facts from.
0: We've heard from sources, yeah. and then like Jason turns around. What do you think, man? <laughs> what do you think, Hip Hop Gamer? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. It must be true. Yeah, people are really farting on each other over at Riot Games. Right about this. This <laughs> is going to be it.
0: Right about this. Uh, well, what's your source, man? I talk to people. Yeah, I know people. <laughs> Literally, I watched a video. And he was just like, I talk to a lot of people, and they all agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. This could be big though, if true. Big if true. Mm-hmm. Not so the way that Xbox has been doing it is that if you have like a physical 360 game, mm-hmm. pop it into the machine and then you get the download, like a re or like you know, an emulated version mm-hmm. of the software. I don't think it's, it's actually reading the disc, correct me if I'm wrong, but this one is saying that it is reading a disc, and not only reading one disc, reading three different types of disc. ps PS1, PS2, and PS3 are three different types. Mm-hmm. PS3 being Blu-ray, mm-hmm. PS2 being some sort of DVD-ROM, and PS1 being basically a fucking CD. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. That is a powerful processor mm-hmm. to be able to figure out what's what. That was the whole reason that we couldn't play uh, PS3 games on the PS4. Yeah. It was just like, we only know the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's intriguing to me because that means there's a lot of classic PS1 games
1: I mean you're already doing it but I'm now you can do it, it all locally on the now same I fucking it. dedicated hardware I, I just do wonder how they're going to do it if it's going to be this like put any disc in approach which yeah, hip hop gamer you know touts um, yeah, yeah. Or if it's going to be more remastering by emulation, what they've done in the past with like their classics and the you know PlayStation Store and all that, I, th- may- I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of both. To be honest, mm-hmm. like you could throw in your PS4 discs in your PS5 and it'll be backwards compatible that way. But then all the legacy stuff, like PS1 to PS3, maybe it's available through like just, just PS now or, or maybe through like the marketplace, yeah. like because that would give credence to the emulation idea
0: yeah 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 this process sounds a little interesting though mm-hmm. like a way to update these assets let's
1: yeah. so say they,
0: again it's all pie in the sky but but my friend if sony comes out this year however they do it mm. my preference is they show it at e3 but it doesn't sound like they're gonna no do they that. said they
1: weren't gonna do that they
0: haven't confirmed actually mm. there's been rumors they haven't said shit
1: okay okay
0: herman <laughs> <laughs> i
1: know you listen to this herman <laughs> i know you're listening right now you and me you and are these are like should we drop them
0: should we drop them? They know too much. Yeah. They've been talking to the hip hop game. <laughs> but mm-hmm. my preference, they come out and they like that's their fucking ace in the hole. And they go, like, hey, you know, 25 years of PlayStation just happened, mm-hmm. and we feel like we need to celebrate that legacy. And they're just like, they bring out a fucking jewel case, they bring out a fucking PS2 case, mm-hmm. they bring out a PS3, and they're just like are popping that sucker yeah. into the new model of like the PlayStation 5 and going like. Works and then like you know what would fucking get me, dude? Mm-hmm. You know what would fucking get me? Rating my goat simulator. Yeah. If they're like, hey, by the way, on certain titles, first party titles, trophies, trophy support across the board. Mm. There you go, more trophies you never thought you had access to. And i would be like, pretty oh, wild. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> It'd be so good.
1: It'd be so good. Yeah, I mean, I think if if they really dedicated their resources and time to that, they would be giving back to the PlayStation family in in a big, big way. Um, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to get fucking trophy support across everything that's a little, that's asking for a little too much you know
0: i agree i agree yeah. I, I think it's way too much just the fact that you can play the games is a fucking mirror, yeah like exactly a hallelujah moment unto itself
1: which is like all i really wanted in the ps3 ps4 era like there was so much limited backwards compatibility that kind of sucked like you know ps2 i could pop in any ps1 game which is why it was cool that i didn't have a ps1 but i could still play games i hadn't touched before like final fantasy 7 9 tactics all that but and then ps3 i'm like. I can only really play PS1 games through the store, through emulation. It kind of feels limited. You can
0: play physical PS1 games. Can you? You sure can. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pop that sucker in. It's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, but they didn't go full cock. They're like, oh, you can't really play PS2 games. So, no, yeah. they
0: started PS3 with yeah. having a fully backwards compatible model, and they were like, well, oh, well, it's six hundred dollars. How do we how do we fix this for people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but that, now I,
1: I imagine Mark Cerny's mm-hmm. over there trying to figure it out, trying to make it happen and make it affordable.
0: He's in there, man. He's in every meeting. He's just like, make it fucking. Happen. And people are like, dude, I, I I don't know if we can do it, Mark. Yeah. And he looks at him and goes. I don't know if I can continue paying you. And he launches them
1: in a goat simulator catapult into the, s- the heavens. That, no, I, I'm sure Mark Cerny's a very lovely man. Yeah, no, he seems pretty cool. Yeah, I was actually reading um, in Game Informer, I'll give a quick shout out article of the week. They did the whole 25 years of play spread for... Um, for playstation it's fucking really awesome
0: oh okay that's i was a, like yeah i thought you were gonna see me like it, it showed uh mark cerny on his bed surrounded <laughs> by copies of knack with his like shirt off it's like that's a great spread yeah,
1: but they have like some some interviews and conversations with them back and forth across like the entire like generation spread from one to two three onward and like i don't know it's cool to see like his involvement and like how he became who he is now in the, in the business a god yeah basically yeah the madman architect <laughs> of of sony
0: We are obviously going to hear way more about these consoles this year, Mm -hmm. depending whether it's a fucking wired article or a state of play or hopefully I want an E3 presser. I want that big Sony energy again.
1: Honestly, like I wouldn't even mind if they like stayed out of E3 again. Yeah, it would kind of suck and maybe it would standardize them not coming back to it in the same way. But like at least give us PSX like give us
0: psx that's it you know give us psx like
1: 2020 if you're gonna have a new console launch give yourself a physical space to show it off these data plays don't do it for everything yeah
0: i don't think it's like the most appropriate place for a fucking console thing but are they already fucking it's so they keep on giving us shit piecemeal at ces they gave us a logo Mm -hmm. a drastically different logo daniel
1: which people are like so up in arms about they're like oh it sucks i'm like it's literally the same thing why does it suck it's not different what did you want <laughs> you guys bitched when you got the spider-man 3 ps3 logo
0: you just got them saying it's a copy of the fucking ps3 or the spider-man logo Yeah, which it was but you know I mean, yeah. what do you want they're not gonna f- I'm, I'm almost afraid of what that says about sony's mentality where it's just like don't rock the boat <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm. like they've done so well mm-hmm. because they their timing has been so good mm. on certain things yeah. you know but I, f- I hope they don't walk into the PlayStation 5 just going, like, it's just a better graphics PS4?
1: Like, I think that could work for them, sure, but they need to do other things with it if they want to survive. Like, I, th- I think they could who first half of that console gen if they were like hey we still have the exclusives we still have like that 4k everything we have backwards compatibility people are gonna love it obviously but like how do we evolve you know i think this next gen is gonna be a lot about evolution and really getting into that like cloud space i'm not super about it but it's inevitable in a way Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think they're gonna Mm -hmm. fucking abandon their physical hardware by any means but they need to match (laughs) not stadia obviously but definitely xbox with what they're doing so sure
0: yeah, I, I step in step, but don't clone them. No. Figure out Do what your Sony's thing. version of that yeah. is. I right? mean, they
1: tried it first with PS Now. It just wasn't very successful.
0: Yeah. I would almost want to relaunch
1: PS Now. Mm-hmm. Something it's, else. It's okay.
0: Yeah, it's just okay. Mm-hmm. But they have smart people behind the scenes. Hopefully they figure it out. I do want to bring up one interesting question. If if we suddenly have access to all of our previous games mm-hmm. um, physically, it's going to work physically. Mm-hmm. What does that do for values of, like, collector's items? You know, like, games like uh, Legend of Tron Bon and mm-hmm. Mega Man Legends 2 and shit like that that have this, like, spike in value for collectors. Does it go down? And here's another question. Mm-hmm. Would you see Sony start producing? certain titles again they
1: might like you know? it, it would be interesting to see based off of like emulations through the store or again however they're gonna do it because they have that data they can track whatever yeah. like, oh, a lot of people are fucking throwing in parasite eve maybe we should do a remaster collection or maybe we should uh, do something new i
0: don't know yeah. Uh, yeah yeah actually oh my god that damn it daniel that's such a smart of course mm-hmm. they're gonna track you they track your data for everything of course so if you're fucking slipping in goddamn uh gex mm-hmm. three we're going to get a new gex baby eventually
1: <laughs> this eventually. is an exciting we will time see. this is an exciting so gamers time. light up the gex
0: gamers light up that gex <laughs> light up light up fucking parasite. do it do it do it do it, do it. <laughs> okay cool shit yeah and that's it
1: daniel that's it well that's how we dismount that's, that's how we dismount wow this, it's this New Year energy. It's different. We
0: don't have to talk for another hour. It's kind
1: of freeing, but also we do.
0: We have to record a different show. Yeah. But
1: don't let them know about the no. inside baseball. That's BTS. <laughs> BTS, that you dog. You can get on our Patreon tier that we're My, my favorite K pop band. Are they? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't think you like K pop. We
0: both have revelations for each other. <laughs> Patreon? <Yeah>. What?
1: <laughs> K pop? Wow. Wow. I didn't know. Wow. Well, fuck my father. Anyway. Well, thank you guys for listening to this new beautiful version of what the save room is, and uh, hopefully you guys liked it.
0: Always been beautiful, but it's going to shine like a crazy diamond Mm. we always appreciate your support uh you're listening to us somehow if you could just give us a a like Mm. or a share or something like that anything really helps Mm -hmm. like it really does and we've had uh, you know kind of spurts of new people coming in and you know we love seeing more engagement new engagement there you go that's Mm -hmm. my bit
1: yep give us a follow on twitter at save room show tell us that it really is hard to to code women in games because we don't believe it unless it's tweeted that's true okay Well, that's it. Good night, guys.
0: Bye! (laughs)